Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The FT. Welcome to a special edition of the FT Money Show, one of the FT's most popular podcasts. I'm Jonathan Ely, and I'll be looking at all the main issues in the budget that could affect your finances. This was the first purely conservative budget since Kenneth Clark stood before the House in March 1997. George Osborne's team had been briefing that it would be a big and bold budget, and they were right. In a speech lasting over an hour, Mr Osborne unveiled significant changes to tax thresholds, car taxation, the taxation of dividend income, the rules on buy-to-let property and on inheritance tax, and there's also a consultation on pension tax relief that could have wide-ranging ramifications in the future. All in all, it was an important budget with masses of policy detail. And here to help digest it all are three experts who've spent the past hour or so listening to the speech and poring over the detail in the Treasury's Red Book and Consultation documents. They are Nimesh Shah, a partner at accountancy firm Blick Rothenberg, Jason Butler, the founder of Bloomsbury Wealth, and Claire Evans, a partner at Deloitte. One major surprise in the budget was a move to restrict the amount of tax subsidy that investors in buy-to-let property can claim. There are over a million amateur landlords in the UK catering to the growing numbers of people who cannot yet afford a house of their own and are therefore obliged to rent. In an era of low yields and volatility in stock markets, property has proved an attractive investment for many. And a central part of that appeal is that the interest costs on a buy-to-let mortgage and some other costs can be offset against income tax. But the Chancellor has now moved to restrict that ability. Nimesh, can you summarise what the uh, proposals were? So the government have announced today that relief on finance costs for buy-to-let landlords against their rental income will be restricted just to the basic rate of tax, so 20%. Currently, you achieve relief at your marginal rate of tax, so a top-rate taxpayer would have 45% tax relief on those costs. So over the next four years, the, uh, the, the change will be gradually phased in, and in the tax year 2020, the relief will be fully restricted to the basic rate. Do we have any sense at uh, what level most buy-to-let landlords pay tax? Is it fair to assume that most of them are probably higher rate taxpayers and therefore would be impacted by this change? It's difficult to say at the moment, but uh, the suggestion from the the Chancellor during his speech was that it's the wealthy that tend to have buy-to-let investments. So this measure presumably is targeted at the wealthier taxpayer. Jason, 
A lot of people have said um, that the, the treatment of buy-to-let uh, property is iniquitous. You can't borrow money to buy shares or, or, or funds and, and offset tax. So therefore, why should you be able to do it for property? Do you think this will have the effect of making people think twice about buy-to-let and perhaps looking more favourably at other investments that don't come with those tax advantages? Well, I certainly think it's going to make people look much more carefully at the net yield and the total return position. Uh, And I've written various briefing papers where actually if you take the net yield, even after deducting mortgage interest, is still very, very low. If you remove a part of that subsidy, i.e. the tax subsidy, whether that's 20% or 25% in the case of the highest taxpayers, then you make that total return position, um, given the value of properties at the moment with uh, the current um, property market, even worse. So yes, I do think it's going to have an effect on buyer and investor psychology. I think it will have an effect on prices and it will certainly have an effect on the cash flow situation because you may find some people who are just about washing their faces with their hoping for capital growth will find that they'll actually be below water. And Claire, do you think, um, I mean, do you get many questions from clients about this sort of thing? Do you think it's a a thing that will affect a large number of people and, and sort of force them to reassess their priorities? I think it will. And um, a classic feature of many entrepreneurs is when they make money, the first thing they look to put their money in is property. Um, And they tend to own that property through a number of structures, whether it be individually or through trusts, or interestingly, through corporate, corporate vehicles, companies. And as far as we can see at the moment, these changes only impact income tax and not corporation tax. So therefore, the entrepreneur having decided to invest in property may be thinking about owning it now through a company rather than individually. Is there a danger, though, that these proposals, a Rubicon has been crossed now, uh, and for for the first time, quite significantly, a Conservative Chancellor has sort of gone after the buy-to-let industry. Is there a danger now that this could be the sort of thin end of the wedge and it could only be a matter of time before other reliefs uh, disappear as well? Well, I think it's got to be a concern that the thin end of the wedge perhaps is restricting it to basic rate, and then maybe the next obvious step is to increase it further to uh, disallow the interest relief completely. Okay, thanks very much. Still to come on the Money Show Special Edition, there's an enhancement to the inheritance tax rules, but it comes with a sting in the tail. First, though, let's look at the taxation of dividend income. Millions of people in the UK own shares directly, or they own funds and investment trusts that invest in shares. The taxation of dividends paid by those companies to their investors is a complex area that the government is aiming to make simpler. There are also many people, particularly in higher paid jobs, who are employed through personal service companies. These people effectively can use dividends to pay themselves a salary. So let's just uh, look for a moment at how the latest changes affect investors and employee owners. Um, Jason, how does the current system of dividend taxation work for those people who are uh, direct investors in shares that are held outside uh, an ISA or other tax advantage wrapper? Well, essentially, if the grossed up dividend falls below the threshold at which higher rate tax is paid, there's no extra tax. So in essence, about £42,000, £43,000 of gross dividends uh, would not incur tax. Um, that's very attractive for people running personal service companies because they can remunerate themselves from their company profits by taking a dividend. Uh, I'm sure the accountants Provided here can they explain. don't go over that, yes, that that's right. rate threshold. Anything yeah. over that, uh, they're effectively paying tax at 25% on the net dividend, which is equivalent to 32.5%. 
the changes that uh, have uh, been brought in essentially seek to tax uh, a group of people who fall into that basic rate threshold or the, the dividend income, whether that's from investments or companies, by charging them on 7.5% on any dividend income, which exceeds £5,000, but still falls within the uh, threshold below high rate tax. Now, that's uh, potentially massive. And uh, we were just talking earlier, and, uh, and, and Claire and Nimesh can probably give you a bit more of a, sco- a sense of the scope that this has. But we think this is a real game changer that, that probably the average man and woman out there listening to the budget won't have even realised. Nimesh, would you agree that's a game changer? It sounds like a tax increase for people who have direct who, who don't earn much and have direct investments that are held outside a tax wrapper. It's ab- no, Jason's absolutely right, and uh, this is a tax grab, I would say. And doing some just quick numbers before we came on the show, uh, someone who's a basic rate taxpayer at the moment, they can currently remunerate themselves through about £38,000 of dividend income completely tax-free. If you were to apply these new rates to that that amount, they're £1,700 worse off now. So the Treasury is making some money out of this. Claire, what's the obvious course of action if you are uh, an investor with a significant equity portfolio? Presumably, you just have to put as much of it as you can uh, in some kind of advantage vehicle where it will be beyond the reach of the taxman. Well, I, I guess, and just to pick up the point earlier that Jason was making, maybe it will start to skew when you're looking at yields, what your investment portfolio looks like. But it is quite interesting because in, in the briefing papers we've seen so far, um, there were head, the headline was people with modest amount of dividend income in those brackets. But of course, people even in the basic rate brackets, actually much of that income may be made up out of dividends, as we've talked about already, particularly um Children, for example, and trusts making payments to children to, to, to fund school fees, for example, they may well be caught by this. What about if the assets are held in a trust structure? Would that alter things at all? As, as, as far as we know, it depends very much on the, sort, on, the, on the nature of the trust, whether the income is the trust or whether it goes directly to the beneficiary. But um, as far as we know, that will similarly be impacted. And just going back to the question of um, personal service companies, I mean, I remember the head of the student loan company got into all sorts of uh, trouble when it when it emerged that he was uh, em- employed by a personal service company. Do you think the use of those will 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 tail off now? Now that it's it's less easy to extract income from them. Well, um, I, I think yes, the dividend issue may impact on that. But there was another announcement uh, under the provision of anti-avoidance, uh, which Claire and Nimesh were were pouring over earlier, which relates to a review of the abuse of personal services companies beyond just this IR35 rule of if you just work for one company you're an employee you're not you haven't got your own company this relates to smaller companies where you aren't uh, you are doing work for lots of different customers but where you're using it to control dividend income and and or retain profits and then sort of close up the company in a few years time for capital um, and no doubt um, uh, the, the tax advisors will have a view on that but I think it, it, I think that is the that's the bit we need to look at this review of personal service companies the dividend was the obvious one the dividend restrictions but the actual anti-abuse anti-avoidance whatever you want to call it uh, the spotlight is firmly on the use of limited companies for people uh, who are more modest means. It sounds like the Chancellor's uh, tax avoidance agenda is widening beyond uh, Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Don't forget, you can get lots more detail on the summer budget on a special page at ft.com. Just type www.ft.com forward slash budget into your browser. Tomorrow's FT will feature extra pages of budget coverage, including tables of revised tax rates, and there'll be still more coverage, including of those details that often only surface in the days after the actual speech, in this weekend's FT Money. 
And you can read that online too, subject to registration at ft.com forward slash money. On to our final piece of budget news, which concerns inheritance tax. Repeated surveys have shown that inheritance tax is one of the UK's least popular levies. People hate it, even though it's only paid by a relatively small number of estates and is fairly straightforward to avoid. The current system gives people a £325,000 nil rate band. Anything they bequeath above that level is taxed at 40%, although spouses can leave everything to each other and transfer their £325,000 nil rate band to their partner. The band itself hasn't moved for many years, even though the price of houses, the main component in many estates, has risen sharply. In their election manifesto, the Conservatives made a commitment to make amends for that fiscal drag by introducing an extra component of inheritance tax specifically to cater for the rising value of residential property. Claire, how does the new system work? Well, in addition to the 325,000 allowance that you've just just mentioned, there will be um, an increasing allowance which is just available to the bequeathing of the main residence and that will go up in increments of 25,000 starting from 1718 when the allowance is 100,000 increasing up to 175,000 by 2021. It's a an individual allowance but it is transferable. So the the sum of all of that is by 2021 um a couple would have up to a million pounds of of allowance to put against their main residence effectively. But the interesting thing is it is against the main residence. There was an interesting piece there that if you downsize, as as individuals are often likely to do as they get older, that the funds that you raise from the downsizing, which are now perhaps in cash or invested elsewhere, will also be eligible for this new relief. Um, But I can just see complexity in terms of how you're tracing those, those assets through. Okay, so there's a bit of a sting in the tail there in that the 175,000 that was trailed in the manifesto Mm. does not actually apply this year or next year. It takes a little while uh, to come in. Uh, And also that the, I've I've read that the nil rate band itself is not going to be changed. Is that right, Nimesh? No, that's right. So the 325,000, which has been fixed since 2009, it's now been announced that it'll be fixed at that level until the end of 2021. So it's been over 10 years since we've seen an increase in the uh, the nil rate band. And considering asset values and house prices in particular have gone up, that's quite a shocking uh, freezing of, of a very valuable allowance. Now, Mr Osborne has dealt partly uh, with the the increase in value of property and he's also addressed uh, the criticism that many people levelled at this policy, which is that it would discourage people um, from downsizing. Um, Jason, does it not raise the question, though, about why uh, property should be treated differently in terms of uh, inheritance than other assets that might be bequeathed? Yeah, absolutely. I think this just puts petrol on the flames of this property obsession and uh, rewarding people for for not doing anything. Um, We've seen that the the bulk of the cost of this is going to come from so-called high earners uh, who have every right compared to everyone else to be treated fairly, who are going to have their their, their ability to put into pensions reduced by £30,000 to pay for this. And that's not going to be phased in. That's coming in pretty soon uh, from next April. So we've got some serious issues here um, uh, where we are actually having a perverse incentive for people to actually buy property that doesn't actually add anything to the economy um, and penalising people from from actually earning money and making a contribution to, to to the coffers. 
Well, we'd love to know what you think about the budget. You can tweet us. The handle is at uh, ftmoney. Or you can email us. The address for us is money at ft.com. And, of course, you can leave comments at the bottom of articles on the FT website. The Money Show will be back in its normal format next week. But for now, it's goodbye from me and our three expert guests, Jason Butler at Bloomsbury Wealth, Nimesh Shah at Lick Rothenberg and Claire Evans at Deloitte. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT News podcasts, which focus on one of the main issues of the day and bring you the insights and expertise of our global network of journalists, as well as outside contributors. You can download these at ft.com slash podcasts most days of the week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.